So we're back on a Thursday evening. This is Hogs Night of Podcast coming to you with breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, the team had the courtesy to know that we were about to go on, and they obviously wanted us to really jump right in, talk about the news of the day, as we were wont to do. There is actual Redskins news tonight. The Redskins have their quarterback for next season. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, let's go around the room. We got Dr. Chris Jones. Yeah, it was very nice of them to uh, wait on a Thursday so that we could discuss this. How's we got uh, Beach Roomba. I know, we had uh, almost no material, and then boom, we got a, a full-blown show coming at you. And we got Nebot Neil. Happy to be here, guys. Let's go. So the trade, of course, which you'll have read by the time, presumably by the time that you're listening to this, uh, the Redskins acquire Case Keenum from the Denver Broncos. Uh, the deal itself, Keenum comes to Washington. The Broncos are going to pay him $500,000 for a restructure bonus and pay $3.5 million of his $7 mil salary for next year. So the Redskins get Keenum for only $3.5 mil next year, and they get the Broncos' seventh-round draft pick for next year, which, like, uh, and all the Broncos get is the Redskins' sixth-round pick for next season. So you're basically swapping a sixth for a seventh, and you're paying Case Keenum $3.5 million. He's an unrestricted free agent after next year. So with that in mind, where, how do we, where do we land on this sort of very raw, right-off-the-bat thoughts? I, I'm pretty happy about it. I'm surprised also. I didn't think the, the Skins had a starting quarterback tandem that that could compete in case we lose another quarterback at some point in the season which seems to happen pretty regularly in dc but the fact that we actually signed someone who has been starting pretty regularly in the last couple seasons uh i think it's a good move and and the fact that we're not paying him also that much and it's a one-year deal it's a trial basis uh i'm all for it let's see what he can do and uh it could make it exciting in dc again yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think from a financial standpoint, it's exactly what uh, we we needed. And there's a bunch of upside. I think we all know what he did in Minnesota. We're all hoping that he can kind of replicate that and not uh, his, his previous uh, season in Denver. I like it for, for what it took to get him. I have no complaints so far. Yeah, the, the picks we're giving up aren't that bad at all. Um, and I agree with you, Jonesy. I think that, yeah, I'd like to see what he did in Minnesota. I don't know how Minnesota got rid of him when they went to the... Yeah, NFC Championship. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they get rid of Minneapolis him. Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah, I don't know how they get rid of him after that. But, yeah, he had a bad year last year, but it's a different team. But I think we uh, we could have a good little, little trial period on our hands here. See, my initial thought when I saw the headline flash was, oh, we just made a Brock Osweiler move. But I don't actually necessarily have a super good reason why that was my initial gut feeling other than, like, the Redskins made the move. I mean, let's, so to look at his background, he went to University of Houston, was broke Redskins great, Colt Brennan's all-time passing record in the NCAA. So he threw for 19,000 yards passing at Houston. And... He was one of those guys who graded out as a college, you know, college 
quarterback who was a function of the system, run and gun, playing the Conference USA, so not like going up against SEC defenses, anything like that. But then gets drafted by the Houston Texans and kind of, I mean, he didn't play his rookie year, really kind of stunk up the joint. I mean, he went, what, 0-8 his first season for for Houston that he was uh, called upon to, to play. And then they move him. They flip him to St. Louis, and he was nothing special there over one season. Really, I mean, he I think he got hurt or benched midway through, and sort of then he was supposed to be the starting quarterback for the Rams when they moved to L.A., and kind of he got the first half of that season and then got unseated by Jared Goff, who was kind of the, the guy to be, anointed guy to be. And then... I think at that point kind of got thrown on the trash heap, goes to Minnesota, was not supposed to be the starter there either. Teddy Bridgewater goes down. They have all these crazy set of circumstances. And like you said, ended up having that crazy season where he wheeled them along with what was an incredible Minnesota Vikings team to an NFC championship and was you know one game away from the Super Bowl. And then his contract expires. And they say, all right, He's 29. He hasn't shown much but for this one season. So they go and spend $100 million to go get Kirk Cousins, who, you know, he was set the world on fire last year in Minnesota. But now the Redskins get the guy that Cousins replaced to come here and play for $3.5 million. It's just kind of crazy to think that that's the set of circumstances that we're now, we're now in. I mean, so to think, you know, it's all, you don't want to say it's like a one for one trade, but if you're saving. $97 million on a quarterback for a guy who's already made it to an NFC championship. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, if we can uh, use that saved money to spend elsewhere, I'm all for it. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, if that opens up the door for, for more receivers, I don't know that right now we have the arsenal that, that would satisfy Keenum's needs, but if, if we explore free agency and, and see what's out there and, and kind of pad the receiving core yeah we could we could turn this season into something exciting especially with the running game maybe coming back healthier healthier than normal and what did uh what did kirk do with that same team in minnesota that he, that uh kingdom just came from yeah yeah nothing great so i'm i'm not really missing cousins too much and i'm kind of looking forward to seeing what Keenum can do with us yeah so i guess we could we could talk a little about it and if, if you haven't listened our friend John Johnson over at the Counter Trade podcast on this very same feed had a really nice conversation about the Redskins and their receiving core. Right now, there's some gaps, clearly. Uh, it's unclear whether or not Jamison Crowder is coming back. There was a really n- wonderful post up on Hogs Haven today. James Dorsett wrote about whether or not, you know, f- year three, Josh Doxson. Is he a bust? Ultimately, the answer sort of seemed to be yes. Now, the Redskins have a guy who you feel somewhat comfortable hucking the football around. And we'll just come right and say it. I mean, the Redskins are one of three teams that was rumored to be in the hunt for Antonio Brown. And the criticism that a lot of people had was, well, who's going to throw him the football? I mean, Case Keenum could throw him the football. I think, absolutely. Uh, I, I wasn't confident in Colt McCoy or Josh Johnson, and so I'm glad they made a move, and maybe this will kind of sweeten the deal in D.C. a little bit. I don't know that it will. I mean, I think money will be the biggest thing, but 
we, we certainly now have a little more money than we would have uh, had we gone out and signed anybody else. So it, it, it definitely looks like DC is more enticing, but I'm, I'm sure there's other suitors out there. Well, there definitely are, but I mean, DC looks more attractive at this point. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a tall order to um, grab Antonio Brown's attention just based off of where our current offense is at and also the money that we have to spend on the market. Uh, I think he's going to ask for quite a bit, and I'd rather see that money spent elsewhere. I, I think we could grab a couple of different pieces instead of just one really good player. I think we could we could help sure up a couple of different uh, places. Well, and also, obviously, we have the draft coming up, and as we've said before, none of us are draft geniuses, but I think there were a lot of people who were prepared based on the financial situation for the Redskins to have to take a quarterback and deploy them immediately in this draft. What this deal does... I mean, in terms of only having to pay him $3.5 million for a guy who has won in the playoffs before. I mean, look, he's not lighting the world up. He's not He's not a great quarterback. But can Case Keenum win you games? Yes, he absolutely he can win you games. Can he make you a competitive football team? I certainly think so. So if that means that now the Redskins, and they have a ton of picks this year, opt to go early on a wide receiver, you know, to shore up that, that receiving core, then sure. If there's some depth linemen who are available, then absolutely. I mean, we haven't even talked about the defensive side of the football just because all of these this news is so raw and so fresh that we're really thinking about offense. But this really, I think, frees up the Redskins to be a little bit more flexible with how they approach the rest of this offseason. A, not having to reach in the, in the draft for a quarterback, and B, knowing that they can feel comfortable going and getting a receiver and not have to, like, make some sort of janky sell that, like, well, who's going to throw the football, you know? Yeah, it does uh, buy us a little bit of time, and I'm glad that we don't necessarily have to mortgage the future to reach for a quarterback uh, like we've done in the past. Yeah, if I can, if we can touch back on Antonio Brown. Um, sure. There's, like... It would, it would depend on the terms of his contract. Like, I definitely don't want us to sign him to a, a major deal, especially if, if Keenum's not going to be signing here long term uh, because I don't want us to be having him locked up and then him just kind of running these arbitrary routes that he's never going to get the ball for. So I, I think if we go for him, it'd be great, but it's got to work in the end. And at the same time, I'm also thinking I don't even know if – I mean, if only to make it that nobody else could have him on their roster, that might be the move, but at the same time... Well, they'd have to trade for him. He's not a free agent. He's still under contract with the Steelers, and you're probably going to have to give up a first-round pick for him, I assume. So, I mean, thinking about it logically, I would think that it wouldn't be the best move just because I don't think the Skins are a team that could could already win enough to, to have a... I mean, obviously having a weapon like him would make us definitely more powerful, but I don't think we're a championship team. We still have a few pieces, as Jonesy said, to fix it up and compete at that elite level. Obviously, it's, it's exciting to think that, that we're, we're throwing our hat into the ring here and, and going after it. And, and maybe if, if he signs for something, maybe like some kind of hometown deal for whatever reason, I mean, he's, he's made plenty of money already, but 
it's exciting to think about, but I don't want us to, yeah, as he said, mortgage our future. Yeah. Well, so here's the other thing is, you know, and a couple weeks ago, we discussed here about the free agent pool of quarterbacks, and we, we, it was right around Valentine's Day, so we entitled it Swiping Right on a Quarterback. Three of the guys who did not discuss were the, were sort of the ones that bubbled to the top after we had had that conversation. So first was Joe Flacco, who got moved to Denver that precipitated now this move to have Keenum. I mean, you, you don't want Keenum sitting there as your backup and having a Yeah, pain. it was a matter of time until... And I think the consensus on Flacco was the Redskins were not going to be able to pay him close to what he was going to require. I also wouldn't. I don't think I'd want him for the for the Redskins. I didn't really. I wasn't really happy with what he did with the Ravens. I, I think. Well, he got benched midway yeah, through this year. I think he's past his prime. He did win a Super Bowl. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I think I'm, I'm happy we didn't go after him. So you know that kind of worked itself out, and then the, the other name that in the last week or so has really come to the forefront and I think we can kind of A-B test it a little bit this year is Josh Rosen who comes out of UCLA gets taken by the Cardinals they spent a first round pick on him and he ended up kind of getting hurt I mean we watched probably a red zones worth amount of Josh Rosen tape last year, but it sort of seemed like the consensus on him was he made a lot of mistakes. The, yeah. the point though, it's, it's kind of crazy. There wasn't a, a front office change in Arizona, but they were ready to ship him out already after one year. I think that's a little bit of a mistake. I don't think one year can really tell you the potential of a quarterback. Oh, well, they're trying to get Murray, right? Aren't, I think that's what they're trying to do with this now. Yeah, I mean, they have the number one pick, and they Cliff Kingsbury, who's their new head coach, has basically gone out of his way to sing the praises of Kyler Murray and has all but said that they're looking to take him, barring some catastrophic shift. It, it's just crazy because, I mean, uh, Rosen was a pretty good quarterback in college, and it's not like he had the greatest tools around him. So it's just that question, like, if he had come to the Redskins, first of all, it would not have been a one-year deal. He still has the remainder of his rookie contract that he had to play out. And that's a multi-year situation that you're looking at with Rosen if you bring him in or if they had brought him in. Now, the, the case is they have Keenum for a single year, and they can, I think, say next year... We hope Alex Smith comes back healthy, but either way, it seems like there's a solid number of quarterbacks that are going to be in next year's draft. So they've kind of kicked the can down the road a little bit, but I think in a good way based on their circumstances. Yeah, Rosen was also, I think he was the draft pick who thought he was going to go first, and then he went like third or fifth last year, and he like freaked out at everyone saying like, I'm the number one pick, and I'm going to show you guys why. But, you know, we all saw what happened. He didn't actually – he didn't do much, but I kind of wanted to see what he could do. But, yeah, he didn't seem to – but he, he was on a bad team, I think. But I wanted yeah. to see a little more fire from him. I didn't see a whole lot of him, to be honest. But um, from my interpretation of the Cardinals is he wasn't surrounded by the best players. So to say that uh, they're ready to ship him out after not being around the best talent, um, I think could come back to bite him. It just sort of feels like a really reactionary move based on just one year's output. 
and like you said, there was not that many guys in. He had to work with. I mean, what like an aging Larry Fitzgerald, who obviously is like a goat receiver. I mean, one of the greatest of all time. But I, it just—is that what that means? It's what it means. <laughs> it just kind of smacks a de- desperation to me, and it's just like, did they really think he was so bad that? They were ready to just totally cut bait on a first-round draft pick after one season. And also, like, do they – like, what they're getting is also unknown as well. Sure. And to just be completely done with one option and be all in on the next, uh, it seems a little unwarranted and I don't know. I, I mean, go back to what Neil was saying. It makes you kind of think of what he's like in the locker room. If, if he's just like a – egotistical kind of player and like I'm the best I'm better than all you guys like why are we so bad this year and maybe they were just like enough with this kid like this kid thinks he's he's above us all so let's get him out of here so I mean you you want to see that you want to see that fight and be like we're like I'm better than this we shouldn't be playing this poorly but at the same time you got to kind of mesh with your team and if you're not performing you got to figure out a way to beat that and uh, get the whole team operating yeah, but this is all kind of speculation, too. We oh, don't, sure. Absolutely. We don't know what he was like in the locker room. I mean, that's that could be a case for moving no, somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying that that could be a reason. But yeah. it's it's weird that after just one year, he's got the hook. You would think there's something more. I mean, their their quarterback situation was a, just a disaster. They gave Sam Bradford all that guaranteed money, and then they cut him. And they, they had Mike Glennon and... The whole, the whole, yeah, a lo- local guy. He was uh, all West, met Westfield, all met uh, quarter player of the year at one point. When he was in yeah. I think the year we graduated. He was maybe a year older, I think. Than us. Is that right? Yeah, I think he was one year older. That he's another guy that in in past years people were like, "Oh, could the Redskins go get Mike Glenn?" I will say I am very glad they did not go get Sam Bradford. That that would have been a just disaster. I, at the same time, though, I almost feel like this Case Keenum pickup is almost on the same lines, but. I think Keenum's probably got a little more of an upside, but it's just a low risk, potentially high reward. Let's see, let's see what happens here with it. With a fresh start, uh, a new change of scenery. Let's see what happens. So last year in Denver, looking at his stats, he, he started all 16 games. He went six and ten. 18 and 18 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. That's pretty rough. I mean, he threw for 3,800, 3,900 yards. Um, you know, I thought the same thing, and then I also pulled up McCoy's stats. Yeah, and uh, those impressed me even less. So, um, I, I, I'm putting my limb out and saying that Keenum's a, a step above. And who, what, who are the receivers on Denver? Like they trade away, away Emmanuel Sanders, um, Demarius Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Thomas. Demarius Thomas. That's, that's one guy. I mean. They don't really have that much to argue with. We don't either, but I think we have a better core potentially. Hot take: Josh Doxson goes off this year. You think so? So uh, that's, that's actually a whole another. If not now, when? That is a hot take, but I mean Keenum. You know, he has always struck me as the kind of quarterback who will favor receivers that he gets comfortable with. We saw in the early stages of last year, Alex Smith and Josh Doxson were starting to develop some chemistry. And so if if he's a glue guy, if he's a guy that you can start to count on, I mean, it's not as though he has shown the ability to produce, but at the same time, he has not seen the ball all that much. 
he also has to stay healthy all that much. That is so true. That's a big thing too. If well, he can stay in the lineup, maybe he'll he'll get consistent here. He has turf toes there, keeping him out of the lineup. Yeah, seriously. I mean, how many fade routes to the corner of an end zone is like you can you throw? So, I mean, the question then I think to round things out is how much better, how many wins better are the Washington Redskins today than they were yesterday? I think like maybe two or three. All right. not, That's not a lot much. of games though. Yeah, that is. That is. That could be a, a playoff swing potentially. I think it'll take some time for you know him to get in the system and everything, but I think he will be an upgrade and um, yeah, something to at least look a little bit forward to this season. Yeah, he does have to learn a whole new playbook. But really, come on. How complicated is the skin's playbook? We're well, 500 over the last 8,000 years. It's a run, run, pass. So. <laughs> yeah. Fade route. <laughs> yeah, the, run, the, the RRP, the, uh, the the good old Jay Gruden special. No, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I think it, it I think it's a positive swing. I, I think we go at least hopefully two games more. And hopefully the uh, NFC East is another kind of up for grabs division this season. Um and gives us a chance to be in the mix. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm, I'm happy with the move. I, I didn't see it coming, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, it totally came out of nowhere. He, that was, it was, I don't think, on anybody's radar, broadly speaking. Especially with all the Josh Rosen talk. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All... The only thing is, like, you knew he had to be moved with Flacco coming in, but um, I don't think we knew he was on the Redskins' radar. And, I mean, to go back to the initial deal, I mean, we talked about the money, but the really to basically – you're basically just paying a salary, the, the, a sixth round for a seventh round. So, I mean, last year the Redskins, uh, you know, they, they used their seventh round pick. They actually had two. They had Greg Stroman from Virginia Tech and Trey Quinn, who I think by all – he ended up being Mr. Relevant. He was the last guy picked – he could end up being one of the more successful receivers in that entire class. If he can stay healthy, I'm excited about the future because every time he, he's on the field, it, it seems like he can kind of get a few extra yards when he gets a touch, and he seems to be a difference maker. He's also kind of a glue guy. Like He'll not make a ton of yards after the catch, but he can take a hit. He, he's not afraid to run a drag route over the middle, get his ass whooped, but like he'll get up and Ooh, run dog back to the home. Next Ryan Grant. Yeah, Ryan Grant. I think his first catch was a first down, and he had a very enthusiastic signal for the first down. I was like, I like this guy. Yeah, that's I'm what you want to see, a strong signal point. And also the uh, the scarn in the end zone. He did do the scarn, which we need uh, made him vi- go viral, which is always good. Yeah, you want to see that when it's all well, those enthusiastic celebrations when appropriate. I, I can't remember who Vernon Davis had to kind of be like, hey, we're still down by 30 points. You don't need to celebrate like this, but... I'm excited about Trey Quinn. So, yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you guys. I think this makes them at least one or two games better than they would have been otherwise. Although, to be fair, I was ready to say that they were going to go 4-12 because I, I just don't – I mean, Colt McCoy can't be your starting quarterback in week one. We knew that all along. They had to bring someone in. It couldn't be Colt McCoy, but the financials were such that it almost had to be. And so, here we are. Can I just say – this kind of terrifies me because it puts us right back at like 500. I, I don't see us going above and uh, maybe even a couple of games below, but I think I, that's our ceiling. I mean, before this move, I, I had us below 500. So we're right where we want to be, right where we always have been. 
and let's see if maybe someone can uh, exceed expectations and uh at this point, I almost want to see us below 500. So, like, the problem, though, I think, on. is they're not—they're not in a spot right now where some people would call it tanking. Some people would call it a rebuild. They're not rebuilding. They have pieces all around this roster, so they are good enough where they theoretically are just a couple of players away. They're stuck in purgatory, they're just right? Flatlining. But are are you saying that they'd be better off? To cut bait and say we're going to we're going to go two and fourteen next year and try to get a good draft pick. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but who's out there that we know that we would want to tank for? We don't know at this point. So no. I, I think let's tank I think, in two years and get Trevor Lawrence. No, no, let's just let's let's play the game as we always have. And NFC East has kind of been pretty forgiving. And sure, you can you can have a, a pretty decent year not a great year and still be in the mix and so it seems like the last couple years the skins have been in it until the later weeks of the season which is something not a lot of teams can say and that's exciting but i just i want to see us kind of get better as the season goes on and not kind of just die in the end yeah why not go out and just try to see what's going on for the first couple weeks and then if nothing's working then we start maybe dropping it but give it a shot first for first like half the season I also just generally, personally, don't feel like they're in a spot where like a rebuild is fully necessary, and perhaps somewhat selfishly, I want to watch a team on Sundays that has the semblance of being competitive. If I'm going into a season being like, God, they're just gonna suck this year, it's a little bit demoralizing as a fan. And obviously, sometimes you know it's necessary to go through a rebuild, but in the NFL where teams can be in last place in their division and then win it the next year. And it happens at least once per season. It happens all the time. I think you kind of have to just go full bore. And, you know, getting a quarterback in a one-year deal, a guy who has won before, it at least is going to make the games interesting, for sure. Are they a Super Bowl contender next year? Probably not. But I don't think if you had talked to the Vikings the year before Keenum brought them to an NFC championship, they would have necessarily said that they were going to be an NFC championship caliber team. But their defense was a lot better. Their defense was very good. We had the top defense for two weeks this year. As long it as we don't insane. have to face Tampa Bay or Ryan Fitzpatrick, then... Fitzmagic, are we, are we not looking at him anymore? Or Matt Ryan. <laughs> or Matt Ryan, seriously. I don't know. Well, so that's going to be interesting. I mean, I think the Redskins have their guy. This doesn't sort of seem like a flip to make a deal, especially given the contract negotiations that went into it. This is a very team-friendly trade that they made for the Redskins. So it's not like they're going to be like, yeah, but you're bamboozled. We're actually going to go get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now. 15 million Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> so, like, do uh, do they stick with him for past this season? I don't think so. Well, all right. We don't, so he's just we a stopgap. Stop I think so. Before. I, I think it depends. It depends how he meshes with the team. If, if this turns out to be a smashing success, yeah, well, let's reward him and, and give him another... I don't know. They still can't do that because they still have Alex Smith yeah. on the roster. They're, so they, the whole... Th- it's almost 100% financial. I didn't think about that, so I'm sorry. <laughs> and also, <laughs> you got to think about, like, yeah, the, the type of investment they made in Alex Smith. Redskins have shown that they stick with their investments. Sure. And I don't think that they pull away from Alex Smith easily. They just, I mean, there were there were some people who said, 
should we just cut bait and cut Alex Smith and take the whole cap hit this offseason? That would have been, to me, a sign of a tank or a rebuild. They weren't ready to do that. And I think that that, frankly, is the right move. You're in a position right now where Keenum is he's not Alex Smith. I don't think he's as good, but he's, he's healthy right now. And I don't know that I would have taken Keenum over Smith given the option last year, frankly. I mean, the, the deal it's, is what it is, but sort of like player to player, I still think Alex Smith is a better quarterback. Now, if he's able to come back, which, again, I am on record as saying I don't think he's ever going to play again, then great if he, if he can come back. But at the same time, this sort of buys you a little bit of time. It doesn't force you to have to make a rash decision when you have like a mid to late, like I guess it's straight mid, first-round pick that's going to be there after all those quarterbacks have been there so next year maybe you make a move if you have to move up to get a good quarterback if you know so be it you're one year longer into Alex Smith's deal he's obviously not going to play this season so really this still is Alex Smith's team if he is able to come back a year from now and be healthy and if not then they reevaluate after that so Alex, Alex Smith is under contract through guaranteed through 2022. Yeah. Then he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. So but at that time, he's also going to be, what, 37, 38 years old? Right. He signed a four-year, $94 million contract. Again, there aren't guarantees in the NFL. It's still $23.5 million per year. He got a $27 million signing bonus. So uh, he was guaranteed... Total guaranteed money of $71 million. He'll be 38 by the end of the deal. I've always, I really think next year is the year that you go and draft a guy. And Alex Smith has shown, he has a track record of really embracing younger quarterbacks and being a mentor. And so if that ends up being the role that he plays, then really who better to have as the guy who's sort of guiding your future quarterback to be yeah i mean mahomes for sure is now a stud and uh if if we can get at least a year with a a young quarterback under a little mentorship from smith i'm all for it i was almost ready for them to draft a quarterback last year alongside smith to sort of like bring along but again probably too early and the guy there was no one necessarily there yeah like Nowadays, you have to be in the top 10 to draft a quarterback, right. it seems like. And, you know, we've been bitten in the recent past with trying to trade up to get a quarterback. I mean, the RG3 thing sort of still leaves a taste in everyone's mouth with having given up all those picks to go get a guy. But if next year there's an opportunity, there's a guy that they really love that kind of ends up being a consensus top player, and you can say, well, he'll come to the Redskins, can sit for a year or two behind a quarterback who can mentor him. That, to me, is a perfect scenario. I think it is almost cruel and totally unreasonable to take a rookie and throw him out there because the NFL is not the fifth year of college. The whole the level is different. If you're going up against a college defense even if you're going up against a Clemson or an Alabama, if you're a quarterback and you're playing it, you're playing a defense. Maybe one or two or three of those guys goes on and plays in the in the NFL. But in the NFL, 
every one of those guys was the best player on his college team. So there is no comparison between college and the pros based on the talent level. The, the veterans, the skill, the speed, these are grown men who have experience going up against the best players in the world. So to be able to kind of be around it but not be forced to have to like go out there and produce from day one, I think that's a recipe for success. Yeah. I, side note, whenever somebody says uh, that an Alabama team could like take on the worst NFL team. No, it, no way. It frustrates me so much. Also, on a side note, somewhat related, I personally believe that in the Olympics, they should randomly take one person out of the stands for every event and make them have to do the event alongside all the yeah. athletes. Because oh, so everyone would know, like, here's how much worse an average person is compared to Olympians. I'm very for that idea. Yeah, I think that that would really make the Olympics. Should be like the 50-50 raffle. You are the winner. You are on the field in the second quarter. <laughs> Suit up. It's like uh, when Rich Eisen ran the the 40 at the combine, and they always like have they show like the superimposed image of him running even against like the <laughs> slowest <laughs> players at combine, and he's like in his suit, jogging, like trying to like haul ass. Yeah, same idea. I think that they should have one average Joe just go out there and be like, oh, Usain Bolt, like, <laughs> see you in 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, but, but yeah, Alabama college athletes aren't average Joes, but at the same time, yes, it's a, it's right. a whole different level. All right, well, I feel like uh, they've given us plenty to chew on. There will be more dominoes to fall now that this one has. Free agency hasn't technically opened yet. Well, I think maybe next week or the week after, after that first day those rumblings those machinations start to come together we'll sort of evaluate where the Redskins stand I think for now we can say definitively the Redskins are a better team than they were yesterday are they gonna be champions based on one move I want to I want to say hard to say but it's I don't think it's (laughs) I think it's not that hard to say there's less unknowns there are there are certainly uh fewer unknowns than there were a day ago fewer. oh geez emily's gonna <sighs> make a comment on that one does emily listen to our redskins oh. <laughs> no all right so for dr chris jones thank you guys for tuning in this was fun i'm glad they uh gave us something to to think about for b jarumba yeah, it was, uh, it was good talking with you guys again uh a little more optimistic than i was a couple hours ago yeah, sorry to spring that on you right at the last minute there. And for Nebot Neil. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, guys. Let's start learning that system. And for Brian from Kickball from Hogs Haven, this was Hogs Night, a Porkcast. Oh, yeah.